I came here in 1993, two years after Tom left, and I retired in 2007, so I've been loafing around for the last 12 years. In another church that I go to preach, somebody once said, I like your sermons. And they said, oh, no, perhaps you better change that. Because you talk about real things. Think about that. What an indictment on sermonizers that somebody was wanting to call the stuff that I say a sermon and then corrected it because I talk about real things, they said. Well, I just need to tell you a bit about the real things that is behind me being here this morning. Why isn't this showing a picture? Can you make it come up on the screen, please? Anyway, a bit of the reality about this morning. Weeks ago, maybe months ago, I had a phone call from the pastor to ask me if I would speak. And I thought, oh, they, they must have somebody who can't come next week. <laughs> Not, true. Not true, because the invitation to speak was for, for months ahead. And the scripture was given, what has just been read, and the title was given, which, according to the laws of the Medes and Persians, should be up on the screen. And the title was, God is our provider. Well, since Graham phoned me to say, come and talk on God our provider, I'm coming here today, I think I've done seven services in other churches. And for me to say that this morning's thing has been being prepared over the last several months would be a bit of a lie because what's been happening is I've been trying to control it. I found thoughts coming into my head when I was preparing a sermon for somewhere else that was related to today. It's been weird. I've not had the experience before. I can't remember when I last had the experience of, of being invited for weeks ahead with a passage and a topic. But it's been difficult controlling it. I've woken up in the night. I often wake up in the night, but woke up in the night with ideas about this morning. So this week, I sat down and tried to control it, tried to get it in order. And Richard is trying to get it in order because it worked perfectly before. It's only now that you want it to work. That's right. So shall I wait till it's finished, or shall I do like Mark Trigg was doing, just make it up as I go along? Are we nearly there? I don't, I don't want to work. I keep going. Keep going, Ray. Okay. The passage, as you heard it, three separate little sections coming out of that passage. One, us and scripture. Two, the bad news. Three, the good news. Us and scripture. You had read to you an account of an incident in the life of Jesus. 
you had read to you an account of Jesus saying some things to the people that were gathered around him. What do you expect to happen now? What happened then? Jesus told a parable. Jesus told a story. What happened then? They went home. And either it meant summit or it didn't. What do you expect? You expect the bloke or the woman standing up the front to explain to you what it means. Well, Jesus must be cringing. Every time somebody gets up to explain what Jesus was trying to say, he must be saying, well, I said it. And I didn't explain what I was trying to say, I just said it. I was talking to somebody some weeks ago who left one church to go to another because he wasn't getting fed. I ask you, it's in the book. What the man said is there for us to read as it was there for them to hear when he said it. And we've been pampered. We've been mollycoddled. We've been spoon-fed. Instead of having to take it away like they did and let the Holy Spirit work in us to work out what it means, or not. Just imagine, lots of those folks that heard Jesus speak would have gone away and wouldn't have had a clue what it was all about. But some would. Well, instead of letting that happen as it happened in his day, we've mollycoddled you. We've pre-digested it and we've turned it out probably in a way that Jesus didn't intend it to be turned out. So, folks, what am I saying? Take some responsibility for your own feeding. Take some responsibility for hearing the word of Jesus, not regurgitated by an utter at the front, but as it is interpreted you by the Holy Spirit. Us and scripture. It's meant to teach us. It's meant to feed us. It's meant to encourage us in ways that God wants us to walk. And it's not meant to depend on another person. The bad news, and it would be much better if I had the stuff on the screen. We read. Oh, flip. I'll go back and come back in another two years, I think. <laughs> no, you've gone too far. We're only on the bad news. Right. Sorry. This, this is not part of my time. I'm, I'm stopping the clock, you know, as they do in rugby. When it's going wrong, they're stopping the clock. Well, I've stopped the clock. Yeah, okay. the bad news comes from flick down again and again and again and again Phew. I was hoping that this wouldn't have to happen I thought I had a little uh, you see I bought this magic gizmo 6 <laughs> and look at this look at that it's got a pointer and it's got a button you can press to make this, 
to make the picture change. Six ninety-nine. I was hoping, you know, to do it all with the thing in my pocket and press the button and it would change and you'd... <laughs> and here we are, back in the olden days, we're, next! That's when you get to a 16 <laughs> Bear in mind, it's two years since I was here again, so I don't care if you don't ask me again. <laughs> Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And the keen ornithologist today might say, you've got it wrong, mate. You've got it wrong, because look at this. Well, it works on this one. Why can't I have it on here? Anyway. Next. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just tell me your real <laughs> And somebody said God was in control. <laughs> anyway. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap, and yet your Heavenly Father feeds them. And yet, look at this. From 1970 to 1999, look at how these birds declined. 95% less tree sparrows, 53% less bullfinches, and so on and so on. Why? Because Jesus got it wrong? Because Jesus told a lie when he said, your Heavenly Father feeds them? No. Because we've got it wrong. Because we've got this notion that God is our provider and our hour is too small. I think it was J.B. Phillips who once wrote a book called Your God is Too Small. Not that God is too small, but your understanding of your notion about God is too small. Well, our hour is too small. God is our provider. Well, our is me and my wife. Or our is my family. Or our is this wonderful church. Or our is Bridge North. Rubbish. Our is much, much bigger. And because we've got the hour too small in relation to our brothers and sisters, down the years we had colonialism. We had people going from here and pinching stuff from there because God is our provider. To hell with you. We had slavery. Because we had this notion that God is our provider, has provided these black people who can jolly well work for us because they're not as good as we are. Our has been too small in relation to our fellow creatures. But our has been too small in relation to the whole created world. Our has been too small because God is our provider, you and me, and the lovely food we always eat, and it doesn't matter if what we do stops the birds from getting what they want. It's not that God has failed. It's that we've messed it up. It's that we've failed. And the scripture, to a, a cynical person hearing those words of Jesus, will say, rubbish. God doesn't feed the birds because the blooming things are dying. And if we're not careful, there'll be some species that have died out. And we'll blame God. And it's our fault. That's... That's your bad news. 
way back before Graham was born, a fellow Scotsman called Robert Burns in 1785 was out ploughing. And he ploughed through a mouse's nest. And he was full of remorse at what he had done. And he wrote a poem. We sleek it, cowering, timorous beastie. Oh, what a panic's in thy breastie. And then he went on to say, in more understandable English, I'm truly sorry man's dominion has broken nature's social union and justifies that ill opinion which makes thee startle at me, thy poor earth-born companion and fellow mortal. Our hour has been too small because we thought it was just for our species and we said to hell with the rest. Forgive me for being as blunt as that, but that's what has happened. That's what has happened with our technology, with our cleverness, with our greed, with our notion that we can have continual growth in economies. We've said to hell with the rest of creation. In light of, of something that's been said already, I hadn't been going to read the, the next verse of, of, of To the Mouse, but it goes like this. Burns saying to the mouse, still thou art blessed compared with me. The present only toucheth thee, but oh, I backward cast my e on prospects drear. And forward, though I cannot see, I guess and fear. What did Tom say? Today is the tomorrow you were worrying about yesterday. The mouse doesn't. The mouse is devastated when you plough through its nest. But today is the only day. Why worry? Said the reading. Why worry, said Tom Smith. Why worry, says Ray Gill. So let's move on to the good news. I've got another half an hour. <laughs> See how the flowers of the fields grow. In the authorised version it says, consider, which means ponder, which means slow down, you move too fast. <laughs> A central message of this story that Jesus told is, slow down you move too fast. Because you can't consider on the run. Do you know what? I reckon the lovely stuff that we were being led in this morning in singing worship could have led to more pondering. Could have led to more considering. We were in a hurry to get through it because Graham's got a schedule here and the worship finishes at uh, 10.25. Slow down. You move too fast. Carol knows music to that. Some of the others do. It's from the 59th Street Bridge song, Brackets Feeling Groovy by Simon and Garfunkel. And there's another verse that says, Hello, lamppost. What are you knowing? I've come to watch your flowers growing. 
Hey, if you want to watch flowers growing, what do you have to do? You have to hang around. You have to stand and stare. I've been introduced this summer to a Scottish naturalist called Jim Crumley, who's written a series of books called The Nature Of. His first one was The Nature of Autumn, then The Nature of Winter, The Nature of Spring, and The Nature of Summer is either on its way or has been published and I haven't realised. Jim Crumley tells him one of these books of sitting, watching a golden eagle on the branch of a fir tree and sitting and realising four hours later that he'd been sitting for four hours. And what had happened, the golden eagle had turned its head and lifted its talon and scratched its beak. But what else might it have done? And what else might have come on the scene? Had he not sat there for four hours, he wouldn't have had a clue. So he's, he's taught me a lesson. I, I love walking, and I love the world around me, but I walk too fast. Slow down. You move too fast. You've got to make the morning last. Just kicking around the cobblestones, looking for fun and feeling groovy. Hello, lamppost, what are you knowing? I've come to watch your flowers growing. Well, like heck you have, because you're too big a hurry. You let the dog wee on the lamppost, and then you go down the road. <laughs> if we don't stand and stare, we miss so much. What is this life, if full of care, we have no time to stand and stare. No time to stand beneath the boughs and gaze as long as sheep or cows. No time to see when woods we pass where squirrels hide their nuts in grass. No time to see in broad daylight streams full of stars like skies at night. No time to turn at beauty's glance and watch her feet, how they can dance. No time to wait till her mouth can enrich that smile her eyes began. A poor life this, if full of care, we have no time to stand and stare. Slow down, you move too fast. Consider, ponder, wonder about the wonderful creation of God. Switch on your grey matter now. The first line of the fourth verse of a song by a famous songwriter. I want you to get to the last line eventually, but here you are. You start of a ten. First line of the first verse. Author. Charles a Wesley. Finish then thy new creation. Let us see. Put it on, please. Finish then thy new creation, pure and spotless. Let us be. Let us see thy great creation, perfectly restored in thee, changed from glory into glory, till in heaven we take our place, till we cast our crowns before thee, lost.
in wonder, love, and praise. Hey, you don't have to wait till heaven. It's going to be best of all when we get there. The lost in wonder, love, and praise will be the best ever. But you don't have to wait. So stop and stare. Ponder. Have a look at. And I'm sure there's a possibility you might be lost in wonder, love, and praise. Hey, I didn't mean that to happen. Okay, that's telling me to move on. Thank you. We're going to sing. Stand and stare, ponder, consider. Consider how the flowers of the field grow and the other plants and become lost in wonder, love and praise. I was going to put and get lost, but you might have misunderstood that. <laughs> My visual aid number one, can you see that? You can't see that? No? Okay, let me enlarge it for you. Can you see that? <laughs> you see, if you don't slow down, if you don't ponder, you miss out on an awful lot. That is the precursor of that. How do you know there's a hole in your bucket? Because there's a leak in it. <laughs> that is a leak seed. And that is one of the best leaks that I've ever grown in my water. <laughs> Am I all right to carry on? Because I'm here forever. Slow down. Ponder. Wonder. Hey, wonder about the amazing technology. Inside that tiny little speck, which the ones of you that didn't go to spec savers can't see, is all the technology needed to turn that into that. Hey? He knows what to do to get from that to that. There's another one. You can't see that one either, can you? Next picture, please. Oh, no, back a bit, back a bit, back a bit. No, we, we lost it. Okay. There should be another picture. That is... A silver birch seed. And our neighbours have got a silver birch tree in their garden, which is as high as this church. And at one season in the year, it showers our garden with seeds. And just now, it's showering our garden with leaves. But again, in that is all the technology for turning that little thing into a massive silver birch tree. I'm sorry the picture didn't come up. Stand and stare. Next one, keep going. We stood and stared in the summer at the walled, white walled, uh, what that was, lavender center. We stood and stared at the lavender. And we stood and stared at the bumblebees. 
And rubbish photograph, because the photographer was so excited at the fact that the bumblebee had come and landed on his finger, he didn't get the flipping camera in focus. But we stood and stared with tears in our eyes. We were full of wonder, love and praise at the beauty of God's creation, at the amazing stuff that he's done. Next one. A few weeks before that, we've had a lot of holidays, my wife and I, because we're very rich and, you know, we just keep going on holiday. Ask Stan Butler, he's, he's always ribbing me. We're worse than the Roddies. <laughs> That's bad, really. A few weeks before, no, no, same, same holiday. Standing and staring at Budlia with butterflies. Have you ever done it? Do you ever go to a garden centre and just stand and stare? with tears in your eyes, or do you think, no, I better get home, the meat's in the oven. By the way, is the meat in the oven? Because... <laughs> anyway, next one. Do you like those little chaps? My mother used to call them cyclamen, but my wife tells me they're called cyclamen. They're very, very, very versatile little beasts. They were growing all over the little bed in the front garden and I was doing a bit of modifying and I dug them up and I didn't have the heart to chuck them in the bin. On the other hand, I didn't have the patience to sort of set them out neatly, right way up, in, in order. So I just found this little corner in the bottom of the garden. I chucked them in and put a bit of soil on top and there they are. Years ago, Val and I took her mum to the Harrogate Spring Flower Show. And in one of the halls, there was this pot, that diameter, absolutely chock-a-block full of these little cyclamen. And I embarrassed myself because I cried. I was so moved with the beauty. I was really lost in wonder, love and praise in one of the halls at Harrogate Flower Show. And there have been times when I've sat in a church and I haven't been moved at all. Slow down. You move too fast. Got to make the morning last. Could you see that one? Yeah? You can. Good. Next one. Next one. Oh, there it is. There's the silver birch tree. Look, it's grown. It's shot up in, in an instant. So just make sure you understand that tiny little thing grows out. Next one. There we go. That's one of them. Kidney bean. Guess what? One out of the whole row germinated. Guess what? There were ten little beans on it and we made them last the whole summer. That is the seed of a bean. Next one. Oh, sorry, I want I need, I need, I need a little pointer. Where's my pointer? Put the, that last one on again. There you see that little lump there. Yeah, this, this black stuff on the outside is called the tester. Take the tester off. And that little black lump there is its nose. Well, it's not. This thing here is called the cotyledon. Take the cotyledon off and... Wow, it's a baby. Within the seed, those tiny seeds, 
what was so small that you couldn't even see the seed, let alone see the baby inside. The baby was inside. A baby bean. And just like you, when you'd left your mother, when you'd been born, you were still dependent on your mother to provide you with food. Well, this has left its mother, and its mother has done a good job. She's packed up a, a lunchbox for it, and, it, and it's got two cotyledons. These plants are called dicotyledons. And there is enough food to look after it until it emerges through the soil, comes into contact with the light, and can start making chlorophyll. Because the technology is there to do all sorts of wonderful biochemistry. And one of the first things it does when it comes into contact with the light is to make chlorophyll. And then it can start doing photosynthesis. You, you remember photosynthesis from school? Or if you're a scientist, you know better about it well than what I do. Photosynthesis takes, next, carbon dioxide and water, and energy from the sun, and mix carbohydrate and oxygen. And then, having made its carbohydrate, that little seed thing that you saw has got the technology inside it to take all the stuff out of the soil, all the chemicals out of the soil, and turn them into amino acids, and turn them into proteins, and turn them into vitamins, and grow, and grow, and grow, and grow. Slow down. You move too fast. Consider. Ponder. And if you're not lost in wonder, love, and praise, come and see Graham afterwards. The amazing technology that God, the provider, it's, it's dead easy to say, God is our provider. Oh, thanks. But think about it. Think about all that's involved. Think about the magnificence of this creating God that has made all the stuff that is around us. Graham used the word stuff several times. God's made a lot of stuff. Even the oil that we make plastic from that we decry, God made. And even the plastic that we decry, if we use it properly, it's not all bad news. A lot of it is. And then God invented another bit of biochemistry. Next one. It's called respiration. And it goes on in you and it goes on in me. And it takes carbohydrate and oxygen and it makes carbon dioxide and water and it releases energy. And all the energy that you use in running too fast, going too fast, in doing your work, in keeping warm, where did that energy come from? The shop? No, no. That was an answer to another question, wasn't it? All that energy came from the sun. On one of our, our trips to Scotland, in one of the uh, service stations there, they've got these electric charging points for cars. And, and it says, drive like the wind. All the electricity provided by these terminals is sustainable. Well, you know, drive like the sun. All the energy that you use is sustainable. It comes from the sun. You, you are, you've eaten the sun. And your body has turned the energy of the sun into adenosine triphosphate, which is the energy source for the chemistry that goes on in your body. Consider. Ponder. Slow down, you move too fast. And if you ponder, if we slow down 
and move a little bit less fast, there'll be more opportunity for us in this wonderful world of God to be lost in wonder, love and praise without waiting till heaven. Next one. This God who is the provider provides in, in super abundance. God is our provider. And when I think that God then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art. Slow down. You move too fast. Consider, ponder, and sing how great thou art. See you in two years.